Hey guys, Xander here. Before you check out the newest episode of XS Gaming Podcast, you can check out our newest episodes also on LaunchpadDM.com, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. And if you check us out on those platforms, be sure to leave us a rating. It really helps the show. Thank you guys so much for all the support. And if you want to listen to some archived episodes of XS Gaming Podcast, maybe you want to go back and listen to some of our older stuff, you can check us out on YouTube.com slash Scullion. Again, all that information will be on the description of this episode you're listening to right now. As always, guys, happy gaming. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Excess Gaming Podcast. We're recording this on January 29th, and we are 138 when it comes to episodes. I'm one of your hosts, Xander Scullin, and joined with me is my wonderful co-host, Mr. James Grusom. What's up, James? Greetings, salutations. That is a very awesome number, and it's a very significant one. Oh, yeah. Mine and Xander's lives in particular. You know, as far as the uh, horror rock scene, the misfits, at the end, that's how we met and uh, how everything is now today. It's a great number and it's crazy because the misfits have been touring. Danzig, you know, finally decided to like, hey, pay me, (laughs) make some money. And he went out and like, I've not yet seen them. Uh, I actually got to see uh, him do a couple misfit songs like with Doyle at some dancing shows, mm-hmm. which for me was awesome. And for those that have got to go, like, I'm sure it was like really cool, but it also seems really expensive. And it's something that's like, I'm really old. And, like, I don't know if I care about, but it's still such an important number. Uh, just, you know, in our lives. And it's something that really, uh, you know, listening to the misses and everything really did change my life. And it really kind of sent in direction of like different people that I met friends. I had with this, you, uh, you know, Ryan Cadaver that has been on the show, uh, Argyle Goolsby, former guest, you know, Blitz Kid. They're oh, back yeah. together. Again. Yeah, that's crazy. They're doing, uh, they're doing a big tour uh, after eight years of, you know, closing it up. So, oh, my and, like, God. You know, if, if you're into, like, the Misfits and just the horror rock scene, you know, what's going on, like, it's a really crazy time. I can't, be- I can't believe they've... Uh... It's been eight years now since their last show. I remember, remember that was a that was I was playing that show with Rick Desgrim, and I remember uh, you being there, and that was like Blitz Kids' official last like North Carolina show. I remember that in Fayetteville, the yeah, rock played, shop. Yeah, they had they had played quite a bit here, and it was it was very bad thing because I remember like lots of times like when you had been at the show, like you had played. Uh, you know, with them on stage, and there's actually one of uh, my best friends that actually ended up playing uh, bass with them on uh, Nosferatu. Oh, yeah. It just kind of ended out, because that was usually, like, your gig, and it was, like, one, one of my friends that just happened to, it was, like, one of two people. It was going to be you or him, and it just happened to be him, but like, he was very excited. He never got to do it before, as I know uh, uh, you had, but I, I, I kind of hate that. I, I mean, I was glad it was one of my friends, but it was one of those ones that was like, oh, dude, I'm like, Xander usually does that. And it's just, you know you know, you know what, though? It doesn't matter because while, while that was going on, me and you were like in the corner doing our little like uh, trade-off because that's when I got all those Sega Genesis and Sega CD games, so it worked Definitely, out. It yeah. worked out. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's like there's, a win-win situation. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, 
this has been a crazy month. This is like the first month of 2020. And, you know, we've had, you know, game delays. We've had, you know, rumors. And then out of nowhere, Atari makes the announcement that they are making hotels. Atari, former, like, you know, conglomerate video game history, are now going into the hotel business. But I, I do have to say, Nintendo did it first with the Love Hotels back in the, uh, I believe it was the early 70s. But yeah, they... they probably ha- better, probably more successful. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, they're, they're opening up hotels, but what happened to this like console, the VCS that they were coming out with? But yeah, I mean, it seems that they, they're going to open up their first location in Arizona and Phoenix. And uh, they're, they're really trying to cater to like eSports. I guess they're trying to like be a hotel for esports contenders, but hey, you know, we're Atari, come and stay with us. And I, I don't know, this seems really weird. Very weird. It, it's odd when they, they kind of have like a rollout plan, where as you said, they're going to break ground, uh, you know, this year for sure on the Arizona location. And they have other ones planned too. Uh, I could see places like they do have one in Las Vegas set. Mm-hmm. Which just seems like I could work a bit more. Uh, there's nothing really over here. I, I don't know if there's anything in New York. Uh, there's definitely not anything in like mine and Xander's area as far as like you know uh, Southern East Coast. Uh, definitely nothing there. I, I know it is a licensing deal. You know they paid uh, six hundred thousand dollars for it. Pretty much paid a little over half a million, and they get to use the Atari license, and then Atari gets five percent of their profit. So Atari has to do nothing, pretty much, and it kind of rests on these guys. So you kind of got to wonder who they're shooting for. Uh, I mean, like you know, I grew up with Atari. I'm old, forty something. You know, it's like I, you know, I had Atari. Like it was great, but it's not something like I really like pine for. You know, like if it was a Nintendo hotel, that would be more up my alley. I know that'd be more up your alley. Oh yeah, Uh, up many's. So you, you kind of got to wonder, it's like, you know, exactly what are they going to do? I could see them as focusing on an eSports thing. You know, it's just, hey, we're a video game hotel. Come stay here. I could see, you know, that working. But this is something, like, I like. I really think this is just kind of going to, like, fade away. And yeah. Like, you're going to see one or two. Hey, one might hang around in Vegas. Like, that's the one place, like I said, I could see that maybe working. Other than that, like, I don't think this is going to be a big chain, and I don't see this being a big lasting thing, you know? Like I said, it's just license. Hey, Atari has everything to gain from this, really. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably not going to be a big smear on their name, and they'll definitely get paid for it. And, you know, who knows? They may use that profit to, you know, do something else. Maybe that, you know, the, the, the new Atari system will come out and be Maybe, great. You, you know, if they were smart, this is what they would do. They would have VCS kiosks inside the Atari hotels. Like that would be that would actually be kind of cool, but I mean, this is kind of like what Atari's been doing for the past like two decades anyway. Like they've just that their their name alone is what kind of just gets things going. Like they don't really have to do too much. They're just like, oh, we're Atari, and it's got that history to it. But uh, some other some other history as well is uh, Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo has made so much money in the mobile market. I'm not talking about the Nintendo Switch. I'm talking about cell phones. Uh, they just brought in about one billion lifetime revenue, and it's been from a couple of different games. Of course, games like Pokemon Go, uh, Animal Crossing, Pocket Camp, uh, Doctor Mario, which Doctor Mario is like the lowest selling. You know, Super Mario Run. You also have uh, 
Mario Kart tour, and the one that they did say that 60% came from was the Fire Emblem uh, mobile game. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of gamers in general, they, they kind of relate mobile gaming to casual market. They're like, oh, that's for casual. It's not for hardcore gamers. I'm sorry. But when you start putting real-time money into something, you are no longer a casual. You are hardcore into it. <laughs> no, and definitely with it being like a top seller, I mean, like, you know, Nintendo is making money. Like, it, the proof is right there. At the end of the day, like, money is, you know, key. And if it's yeah. making it, it's got to work. The Fire Emblem is one, like, that was new to me. You know, I knew about the other ones. I didn't know there was a mobile uh, Fire Emblem game, which I could see if, if people are fans of the series, like, they would be ones, you know, that would be playing that. And uh, definitely they are, and maybe, like, other people. Um, I knew about the Mario Kart, you know, the run. You know, they, you know they've had a few ones. But, I mean, it, you know, it it's cool. And like I said, it is a real format because the money's there. You know, yeah. if people enjoy it and they're enjoying playing a game at the end, like, you know, it, it, like, don't shit up on them, you know, like, it's not they're like, oh, they're not a real gamer. Like, I've just been busy. I haven't played much of shit, you know, like, I still think I'm a gamer and it's like, I don't criticize other people. So it's like, hey, if you're having fun playing a game, doesn't really matter what format it's on. You know, no, I agree. they're doing portable. We did this with Game Boy. As kids, that was our portable game, and now games are more portable than ever. And these people are playing them; people are having fun. Companies making money, and you know, Nintendo is just going to turn around that profit and probably, you know, add it to more things for the real gamers. You know, and it'll end up flowing back into us. You know, and the yeah. whole economy of games. Yeah, and I mean, like, I just like the fact that you know, two years ago, when Nintendo was going into the mobile market. So many people were, like, concerned about it. So many people were like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, this shows that Nintendo knows what they're doing. They they know there's a mobile market. I mean, of course, uh, you know, the mobile market's huge in, in Japan anyway, where their main investors are. So, I mean, I'm glad to see this doing really well. And speaking of Japan, I saw this article pull up, and I actually downloaded the mobile app, but then I couldn't read it. But I went on the website, and it had English translation. But Sega apparently has a online crane machine. And apparently, uh, it's not just Sega. Capcom does it as well, I learned. But it's like a claw machine that you play in real time over in Japan. And the prizes that you win, they end up shipping them to you. Now, you do have to pay money. You can practice for free. But you do have to pay money to to play the claw game but they did say that your prizes are free shipping and you should get it in about they said in about a week so i'm thinking maybe they have some of the i'm thinking maybe they have some of the prizes over like california or something like that and they kind of just actually drop ship it you know i I don't want to answer this is very funny i actually took a couple pictures at work some you know know i work (laughs) in the delivery service of some sorts some nowhere but uh i saw an express package and we have a rack where, you know, there are signature ones. So if the customer is not home, uh, you know, it goes back to the office. And I was sitting there, and the, that rack is right near where I work. And I saw uh, – I was like, is that a fucking Sega logo? <laughs> I go over there and look at the rack. Okay, and there's the box, and it says Sega on one side. And I look. I look at the other, and it says Sega online, you know, like crane machine pretty much. Sega online. I was like, wow. So they are shipping these apparently 
That's so cool. In my office, uh, uh, customers receive one, and I'll, I'll post a. I don't think there's anything. Uh, I'm gonna double check the pictures. I might post them up on our Excess uh, Gaming uh, Facebook page. Uh, I just want to double check uh, to make sure you know I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't want to get busted anything at work. But no, they do ship them out. And actually, these came from Japan. The one I saw oh, wow. was in a box labeled Sega, you know, online, you know, crane machine or whatever it was called. It does ship from Japan. It's express shipping, too, which is like, you know, they're kind of probably forking a bill on that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I just today took a picture of that. I saw it yesterday, took one today, and now you mention it. So uh, it's definitely a thing. And people are, are winning items and they're getting shipped over. You just got to so be cool. home, I guess, to uh, accept it because it's a signature item. And, and, the, and the prizes are pretty cool. I mean, they have, they have like, you know, anime cards. I, I remember because you can see kind of like the prizes before you play. And they have like, and it was funny because they had like Kirby plushes, and I remember I posted it on Facebook, and someone's like, "That's kind of weird that Sega and they have Kirby plushes." And I'm like, "Well, no, not really. I mean, Sega, see, Sega does uh, consignments on arcade machines and arcade parts. I mean, if you go to SegaArcade.com, you can order like, you know, uh, skee ball machines and House of Dead machines and Sega machines. But I mean, that, that's another business they do. They they function as an arcade as well so that was really cool and the last uh sega thing i wanted to mention it's actually the last part of the news is if you're a big yakuza fan like us be very very cautious on youtube because yakuza 7 came out on the i believe the 27th it came out 27th on in uh japan and folks are already posting videos of the game on youtube in english subtitles and so uh, just be very cautious if you want to watch reviews or anything like that. And if you don't want to get spoiled of anything, because I, I I didn't really mind the spoils myself, so I already kind of dug into it. And there's some parts that if you've been in the dark for this long, and maybe if you haven't finished Yakuza 6, don't watch any of those videos. <laughs> don't watch any of them. This is the one that has like the new system, right? The one with like the, the kind of RPG style one. Yeah, and the new the new uh, protagonist. This kind of bad, you know. When you got a game, it's like you got to wait for you know, especially as we do, you know, have to with that series. Kind of surprised, like it would be that long, you know, as much as it's picked up. But uh, it's kind of a shame, you know. You got to watch out, like yeah, spoilers. Like they're just rampant. Like whether it, you know it's wrestling or video games, two of my favorite things. Uh, spoilers are something that you just you kind of got to learn to just avoid yeah. naturally. Yeah, uh, and, and you really kind of got to work around certain things and fight that urge to watch certain videos. Um, whether it's something on a delay, you know, I look at wrestling like a pay per view. I buy and uh, I'm going to wait a day or two to watch with my friends. Uh, it just being on Facebook for like one minute, I see a picture. I'm like, whoop, there's one spoiler down as far as wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. podcast I listened to. I heard one syllable of someone's name and I already knew who won another match, you know, uh. and, and you just got, you know, and I'm not sitting on there like, Oh, don't post about like, I don't, dude, I'm a 40 something year old man. Like, I don't like, that's it. Shit's going to get spoiled sometimes. Nah, like I'm yeah, not really it's it's gonna it. yeah, it's you know? gonna happen. Yeah, it's definitely gonna happen. I, and I do my best. I messed up. It was my my morning Facebook visit. I woke up 
And I was like, oh, because normally, like, I'm pretty good. If there's a wrestling show, I'll stay off. You know, like, I really can. Like, I don't need to be. It's nothing with work. I don't have to be on Facebook personally, you know, uh, but it was just a habit. And that habit, I saw a picture, you know, and, and also, like I said, podcasts I love, you know, they, they can have spoilers, too. And it was like one syllable and then it was done. But, you know, I still enjoyed the show. Like, it's like you get used to spoilers over the time, you know, with the, the age and the way everything is. Uh, but, you know, if you really want to, but it's kind of bad. Like I said, with the game, like, yeah, because like, who knows how long we'll have to wait till we actually get it. And, you know, I, I hope these people that do these videos, like they really maybe should, you know, look at it and put a spoiler warning yeah. on there. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't mind those. Hey, give, give people a hand if you can. Don't try to ruin their fun just for the hell of it. And watch and watch your thumbnails. Like, don't put like spoils yeah. in the thumbnail or the title. You know, just because yeah. some of it's just really bad. But you know, we do have the Yakuza three, four, and five collection coming out on the eleventh of February. So I'm thinking the way the way the Yakuza series is, I'm thinking maybe like summer or spring. Uh, spring is kind of pushing it, but I could see summer of 2020 Yakuza 7 coming to the West. I mean, it is supposed to come out this year, and seeing that it's already yeah. in Japan, it's only a matter of time for it comes over here. Now, I did watch some non-spoiler reviews, and I mainly watched it because I wanted to know more about the battle system, because you know this is different than the previous Yakuza. This is a, it's an RPG. It's not an action brawler. And one of the things they were saying was how cool, how, how awesome the JRPG elements were, because it's turn-based, but when you change your clothes, you get different jobs, like um, like different jobs as you would in a JRPG, like you know, like not necessarily a wizard or you know a, a white mage or something like that. But you know, you it, it showed someone dressed in scrubs and they were like a healer, or a dress uh, showed someone dressing like really badass and they were like a tank. Now, like that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, and like I said, I, I like I love the idea of it. You know, like at, at first, like I could be questionable because it's like I. Not the biggest JRPG fan, you know. I've said over the years, there's certain games that grab me. Costume Quest is one that kind of makes me think. When you mention the different outfits, it makes me think of Costume Quest. Yes, uh, how much I really love that, and like when I saw it, yeah, you know, I really like. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because it is so different. Like I've played Yakuza, you know, for so many years. You know, it, like a lot of people now are catching up. You know, like, uh, they've got, you know, there's almost an overload of games. Like, yeah. I'm surprised people aren't sick of it. Like, <laughs> like that, that, that's how much there is. And, like, I think it's really cool. Like, people do love it. People are still playing, loving these games. And, like, this change-up, like, I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing. Like, it's going to be a trial. And then I'm pretty sure there'll be another game that goes back to the original formula. You know, but they're, they're testing things out. And, like I said, to me personally, like, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it still looked awesome, like everything in the fights, I think it's still there. But, you know, like I said, it has an RPG element, which, like, as much as I don't play them, like, I still do love, you know. Like, I, I played Final Fantasy back when it first came out, and, like, it was awesome, you know. So if I could find a game, you know, with a series like Yakuza that I love and mix in an RPG that I wouldn't mind getting back into, I wouldn't mind playing a game like that. And, you know, I see that, and I was like, I figure, hey, if I can dig that, then, like, other people can too, whether they're you know longtime series players 
or ones that are a bit newer. I mean, it's definitely going to have people like hating on it, like for sure. But at the end of the day, you know, the, it, it's a test. It's going to come out. People are going to play it. And then, you, you know, they'll probably go from there. And maybe there could be another spinoff series. You know, they just mm-hmm. fight one before on the PSP, which I've still never played. I, w- I would love to try the PSP series. Like the, uh, it was something, uh, Black Tiger. I don't know, it was. Yeah, it was Black the one Tiger, that. It was the old well, Capcom game. Something like that. Wasn't the ones on the PSP, wasn't it helped out with uh, the Def Jam guys? Like, didn't they help out with that uh, one? That's possible. They did work on that. But like I said, that one was a complete side story. It's not Kiryu. It was like a younger gang member. And like I said, I'm calling it Black Tiger, but like I said, that was an old Capcom game. But it was something like that. Black Puma, Black Panther. Black Pan- no, probably not Black Panther. Black some type of cat. Is, yeah. Uh, is what it was. But they, like I said, they were only in Japan. And like there might be some translation. I'm sure there's some PSP emulators online, uh, which would be a good one, you know, with a new laptop probably to check out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, getting into our main topic, because we're, we're hitting that 30-minute mark, uh, th- I thought this would be a really good topic, uh, talking about some arcade memories. I mean, I can't remember, out of the 138 episodes that we're on now, I'm pretty sure we've had some episode in the past where we've talked about arcades, but who doesn't like talk about the glory days of going to an arcade? And we have a lot of fun stories and stuff like that. And I don't know, James, you told me before we recorded the show that you had a, a really good story about arcade memory. So I'm going to have you start off the segment with that story. I kind of lit off her when I told you, I don't know if I, I worded things exactly the, uh, the, the wrong way with, uh, it was more about like friends, mm-hmm. you know, at the end. Uh, Cause I had uh, one of my best friends in high school had joined the Navy and, uh, and kind of left me with a, a group of other friends and um, it, it was one of his uh, friends he had known from a while back. And so I kind of had the trial period, uh, which sounds kind of funny now, you know, as you've been older. But, like, I really didn't have a trial period if I was accepted as being cool. And uh, I was accepted in. And the, the one guy that I met, he actually worked at an arcade uh, at the mall in Fayetteville, the Mindboggle Arcade. Um, and I kind of have a couple of arcades in my life, you know, seem from like defining periods in my life. This is one where I was a bit older. I was around like uh, 18, 19, just getting out of school. So this uh, one friend, he actually managed the arcade. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got to hang out there. You know, it's kind of like a dream for many people is actually getting to hang out at an arcade. Like we got to shut the gate at night and people oh, would be awesome. in the mall and walk up to it, and you can just look and shake your head, like, no, you can't come in. <laughs> and you didn't even work there. You did not even work there, but you just yeah. shake your head because the gate was down. And, uh, you know, we got the free credits and everything, you know, he'd count up stuff in the back. And uh, I will say this guy, too, uh, time crisis. Uh, and, like I said, this is around, so graduated in 96, been around 97. So time crisis was in the arcades. And uh, this guy that managed the place, he had Time Crisis rigged up uh, to where the quarters would not fall down to where they were supposed to in the slot. They would kind of fall to the side. Hmm. This was like a side hustle of the manager or oh, one shit. of the managers at the arcade. And uh, yes, he, he had it rigged up because Time Crisis was a dollar game. 
yeah. you know, to play it, you had to put in four quarters. So every person that played it, you know, would put in the four quarters. That's a dollar. And like I said, you know, we're all, you know, around 17, 18, 19, younger age. There's a lot of money, you know, back in 1997. And it, he would pull that shit out at the end of the night. You know, be hanging in there. And however many people played Time Crisis, you know, if it was 20 people happened to play if it was on the weekend, you know, it, that'd be 20 bucks. And he would just take that shit. Oh, wow. He would just take it. And, uh, you know, at the end, it all kind of went back to each of us because uh, you, you got a group of like four friends. And if someone is out of a job at the time, uh, you look out for the other one. Yeah. You know, so whoever doesn't have a job, you know, it's like you still get taken care of. You go out to eat, have fun. Uh, and you know, those are just really great times. Like I said, just hand the arcade playing street fighter, uh, street fighter four was a big one. I remember, uh, you know, we would all hang around, play that one, uh, free credits on any machine, you know, really you wanted, uh, it was still older ones there at the time. Uh, but you know, around that, it really was, you know, your Mortal Kombat street fighter fours. Those are the ones big on fighting games. Uh, and that was just a really, like I said, it was just a great time. You know, even there was some shenanigans with the person that worked there, uh, as far as stealing money from where he worked, I would, I would advise <laughs> against that, but yeah, probably benefited from it. Cause like I said, we all hung out. It, it really was just a fun time, uh, you know, to be there in the arcade, you'd be there till however late we wanted really, you know, uh, two three in the morning hanging out and like it was really it was a good time like none of us drank like there was like no drugs it was one of those really good like innocent times and uh yeah that was one of the really like funnest arcade memories i had yeah and you said innocent times and i think that i think that kind of goes well with with the whole remembering arcades is you know it really was in many ways innocent times now i'm not saying there wasn't anything shady that would happen arcades because i mean like yeah there were arcades and there were teenagers and things happen but it was a simpler time in general uh you know people would go there and congregate and you know that's that's that was the hangout spot i remember you know even if you were going to the movies like before the movies would start you would go and play arcade games um, go to a grocery store while your mom, like myself, like I'll be waiting for my mom to check out at Walmart. I would always go to the arcades and play something. And I got to ask you this, James, if you ever did this when you were a kid, I would do this all the time. And I got a story to go with this. But uh, did you ever, as a kid, just walk to the arcades and act like you were playing, even though you weren't playing at all, just pushing buttons and moving the joystick? Did you ever do that? When, when I was really young, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, one. yeah, I did. I did kind of have like a. Uh, a, a speaking of just walking to arcades, I'll throw this one in real quick too. Uh, I was kind of this younger, like hustle mentality. As like, I went to Putt Putt, which that was another great arcade in my. Oh history. yeah, um, it was a big arcade. It, you know, lots. They always had the hottest games back then. This was more in the you know, eighties, very early nineties. And I would walk up there and like, uh, you know, when you're young, like I didn't really get an allowance once in a while, you have a couple quarters or something. Like I would walk up there almost every day. I could at least have a quarter or two. And there was always a game that would take your money. And I knew what it was because I was there every day. 
and I would go and act like I was putting money in that game, and I'd go up to the front and be like, yeah, that one took my tokens. They'd give me two more. I had the 50 cent from earlier, so I had four <laughs> tokens. So I could go up there. Like I really was like an addict back in the day for a lot of the arcade games, and especially during the, this was during the summer. Yeah, you know, you would just walk up there like every time, and if you had a dollar, like I mean, I don't know, you could have fun for a while. You know? Yeah, you could play a lot of ones. So you, you had to hustle some quarters and stuff sometimes. But yeah, the reason I mentioned that is because I remember uh, my my sister. She's like five years older than me. I remember she was like on one of her first dates, and like their date was to go see a movie, and then they were going to go to Roses to walk around. It was a department store. And I, I remember I tagged along because my my mom was going to pick her up at Roses, so I tagged along. And I remember I went to the GI Joe arcade machine, and I was I was such a huge like GI Joe fan. And I was sitting there, and I walked up to it, and I start playing it and stuff like that. And this kid walks up to me, and the kid pushes me out of the way, and he's doing the same thing. And I was just like, "Hey, I was playing that, even though I really wasn't." And he was like, well, "What are you going to do about it?" And I'm like, uh, uh, he's like, you want to fight? And I'm like, yeah. Now, mind you, I was like five years old. So he's like, you want to fight? And I'm like, yeah. So the first thing I did, and the only fighting experience I had as a five-year-old was watching Popeye. What does Popeye do? He starts to wind his arm up. By the time I get my arm up to 12 o'clock, this kid just decks me right in the face. <laughs> so I get decked oh, in the man. face over both of us miming, playing, like ghosting. They used to call it ghosting. Uh, G.I. Joe. And I remember, uh, of course, I told my mom I got hit. My mom, like, got a hold of his mom. Then his mom flipped out and, like, beat him. She was like, what did I tell you about fighting? So apparently this isn't the first time this kid's done this. But um, whenever I think of arcades, I always think of that because that was, like, the first time I ever got punched in the face as a kid. But, <laughs> you know, I think about that and I also think about, you know, you mentioned Putt-Putt. Um, this is a really funny story about how things kind of go around. Um like life goes around because I work in a pachinko parlor, I work in pachinko world and the owner of pachinko is Leo Daniels. And if some of you guys are familiar with twin galaxies, Leo Daniels, I mean, he's got, you know, arcade records from the early eighties and nineties. And, uh, he was like the, the captain of the East coast arcade championship and stuff like that. Well, he was also the manager at the time that Mortal Kombat 3 came out, he was the manager at Jungle Rapids. And I remember that because I rem I didn't know he was the manager then, but we were talking about arcades. And I was like, yeah, I remember you know going to Jungle Rapids and seeing Mortal Kombat 3 for the first time. He's like, yeah, yeah, I was the manager there. I was like, whoa, really? And he was like, yeah, I always, always tried to have the hottest games. And he was right. I remember Jungle Rapids was like, a little bit more expensive than your normal arcades, but they always had the best games. They had, you know, Mortal Kombat three when it first came out. They had, you know, Ninja Warrior with the three monitors, and same with Darius Alpha and stuff like that. And that that's a really really good memory. It's like really funny how my boss that I'm working with, you know, a long time ago introduced me to games like Mortal Kombat three. You know? Yeah. No, I like I didn't I didn't know that about him actually. Which like that is. Really cool, and except when I, I think the arcades I grew up with, you know, it's like early on as a kid, I had showbiz. Um, you know, and you know now it's like Chuck E. Cheese. I had the weird animatronic animals, you know, that inspired the Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes, uh, but still, they they had awesome games. RoboCop, uh, the main event, which was a wrestling game, 
So it's like I had that one super early on. Putt Putt, as I got a bit older, which, uh, you know, Golden Axe 2, uh, which you know, that's a big one as far as, you know, with the little mini, uh, you know, uh, arcade one ups coming out, you know. Yeah. Golden Axe 2. Like, that's one that's kind of hard to come by, like, even on uh, yeah, know, one see. of my little systems where I have a lot of arcade games. I, I don't have Golden Axe 2. Well, that that it doesn't only like it. It comes with I believe it comes with Golden Axe too, but it also comes with uh, Golden Axe Return of Death Adder, which Return of Death Adder never came out on any consoles. So this is like an arcade exclusive that folks can get on the arcade one up, unless you know you're playing main. I could be wrong. I think Return of Death Adder might have came out on the Sega Saturn in Japan. I'm not I'm not two hundred percent sure about that. I know if that we had. One. I was gonna say I know if we had our uh, our friend Jason Black Metal Gamer he'd know because he he loves Return of Death Adder and I was like I was trying to tell him when I saw the arcade one up I'm like hey Jason you know you want to get this arcade one up machine <laughs> yeah you know that's the one like I said like because I have a lot of arcade games on one of my little on the Retrocade mm-hmm. and that's one when my friend was uh, doing the card couldn't get because I don't know if it had something to do with the screen because originally like on the arcade it was one of those huge cabinets. Uh, and Papa had that was like a four player Golden Axe game. Like, see, so yeah, that's the one. Like, I don't think that's been on any console, uh, even the Saturn. Like, this is one I think it really is like a one up, like exclusive. Like, I, maybe with technology, someone has managed to get it, you know, and play it as far as emulation. But it's one of the ones that's really like a, eluded a lot of people. Uh, but like I said, Papa, you know, they had that one. It was a great place. Had a lot of the uh, games you'd sit in. You know, would kind of like rock around, and those stoop that stupid Sega virtual uh, one. What was it? Time Traveler and uh, the Coliseum game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had those that were huge. These holographic. Like at the time, it was revolutionary. Like yeah. to see these, uh, you know, little holographic images on the screen. Uh, and then, you know, so I said, you know, I had, I had mind boggle and, uh, I, I, I hate to leave out fun, fun, fun. Uh, that was like, uh, at the Omni It was one of our early, uh, we had a couple of dollar movie theaters mm-hmm. and they also had a, uh, arcade there. Uh, lots of parties kind of was a competitor to putt putt. And, uh, that was one of the ones I remember that had Willow. Uh, that was one of the only places that had that. They they kind of got to where they had a little bit more newer games, you know, than Popeye did. And uh, and I, I was about to say, I'll go ahead. I was because oh, I was I'm sorry. Yeah, let me go. I, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was about to say off too with a uh, uh, final uh, thing. I will say that uh, when I was down at Myrtle Beach one time, I had found the Street Fighter One arcade game. And uh, I'd never played that. Played Street Fighter Two way beforehand, and to find Street Fighter One, you know, in another state, and actually get to play it, and then realize it was kind of terrible. That would be the last memory. And I'm I, sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good. Right there. <laughs> no, I was going to say you got me excited when you mentioned uh, Willow, because uh, I did want to mention for the listeners who had never played Willow on arcade, it is very different than the NES version, and. As of now, there is no console version of Willow. I mean, the only way you could really play it is through emulation. Maybe some, you know, Chinese uh, clone console knockoffs might have it, uh, but that's really the only way to play it. And also, I was going to ask you when you when you found the first Street Fighter, was it the Street Fighter cabinet that had the uh, 
the two the two like little things that you would punch, you know, the two big buttons. You remember those? No, it didn't really have any kind of pressure sensitive buttons oh, okay. that I could tell. It, it, it seemed from what I remember, it was uh, you know just a six button layout. And I remember it being you know Japan or U.S. And that was what you could pick and play in it. And, like, I was very happy, though, because, uh, you know, Street Fighter 2 was just the first thing we ever saw. Like, uh, Fighting Street did come out on the uh, TurboGrafx CD, yeah. which nobody that you knew had. And it was Fighting Street. You you weren't really sure. It was a confusing time. You know, we all had new Street Fighter 2 by then. Mm-hmm. So to go back and play, like, this older version... Uh, you know, like I said, I appreciated it as a kid. It was still fun. It was exciting, you know, to find that because, like I said, I was in uh, arcade, like on the boardwalk down at Myrtle Beach, uh, and it was like a big arcade there too. That was another one, you know. I always remember going to and actually getting to just, you know, kind of wander around. Mom was somewhere. We were all near the Gay Dolphin somewhere. That was a, a very little chinchy store sounds absurd i know but uh it lots of just weird things and these frogs with boners they were like horny toes <laughs> back in the 80s that was very weird uh but the street fighter like i said that, that was key that was one of the most exciting things like i remember and just playing it and i don't think i made it past the first stage uh it, it was very tough yeah i, I probably ended up picking ryu i i think I, even though i'm like i'm a ken fan uh, probably at that time I did pick Japan and you just didn't know like that you could pick Japan or US. It didn't yeah, that was Japan it. Right yeah. There was no names. You, you picked one of those. That was who you got. And then you went through and, you know, and many ones later on were in for the street fighter games, you know, uh, uh birdie, uh, I'm thinking, no, no. Yeah. Birdie was in there. And was, mm-hmm. uh, Saddam final fight, you know, he was in there. I think again, uh, and there was an early version, maybe of uh, Balrog, I think, yeah. was in it too. Uh, but it was just, it, it was a completely different game because it was not in uh, my city, at least. So to me, it was not North Carolina. This game was only in South Carolina uh, on the boardwalk at Myrtle Beach. And that's the only place it existed until way later on. And I still like to play Street Fighter now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I still suck at it, and it's still hard. It's a hard it's still, it, it I was takes say, me back to being like a kid. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, the original Street Fighter is a hard game. Like uh, the do the Hadoukens and stuff like that. Like it's funny because if you do the Hadouken, you you pretty much take half the person's life. But to do that combination was really really hard in the first Street Fighter and the, the Hadouken and the Shoryuken and the Hurricane Kicks. That was that was something really hard to execute. And I I do have to say, you know, mentioning arcades, I do have to mention that. Uh, and I'll ask you this after I, I don't mention it, James. Is like I feel like an arcade is not an arcade unless I see a Street Fighter Two cabinet. Like I have to see a Street Fighter Two cabinet, and then it's like okay, I'm officially in an arcade now. And the reason why I say this is because it's like one of my absolute favorite arcade games of all time. It introduced me to street the the fighting games. I have the arcade one up Street Fighter Two cabinet that you know my girlfriend's kids uh, they play on. Even when I make them take turns, I I. I give them three quarters, and I'm like, this is your quarter. Put it up here and hold your place in the line. Like, I do that in my house to keep them, because it's three of them, and keep them from, like, fighting over who's going to go next and stuff like that. But I was going to ask you, James, what is, like, an arcade game 
uh, that if you go to an arcade, like it has to have that cabinet that that make you feel like, oh man, I am inside the arcade. Like, do you have that one game that you kind of hold the, to your heart with that? I mean, I like if you had Rolling Thunder, like yeah, you'd win my heart with that. Like that's one I've mentioned many times before. It's one of my just favorite uh, early arcade experiences. It's one as a kid. I always kind of remember being almost in every arcade. Uh, and like I said, mine or you know, mind boggle, putt putt, uh, fun fun fun, and well, shit, we had a flickers too. That was kind of like the little uh, lower class one at the lower end mall. We had, uh, but Rolling Thunder always seemed to be at every location, and that's one. Like I said, to this day, it's still one of my favorite games. I've I've never beat it. Uh, I get further and further every time I play it, and it's like I, I still love it. But like just that hearing that music, yeah, um, you know. And, and we do have those standouts too of things you hear. Uh, a, a wrestling game I mentioned. I was a big, you know, well, still I'm a big fan of wrestling games. And I said as uh, Showbiz had the main event, uh, there was a game. And the name slips me, but I remember it always had the one, two. Three! <laughs> and you always hear that through the arcade uh and it's on man it's on uh one of these arcade compilations uh but it was an earlier wrestling game and that one just stands out in my mind too you know but yeah I, mean, I don't know if i could have, if i could have that one two three and the main event and rolling thunder like i would probably really feel like a kid again like that would really just take me back Hell, I even joke around and say a uh, laundromat is not a laundromat unless they have a Miss Pac-Man cabinet. Like that, it was like every laundromat Dude, you went oh. into, they have a Miss Pac-Man cabinet. And, and I have to throw in too, as far as the uh, memories, Big Lots with uh, one of my another one of my favorite uh, arcade games is Street Smarts. It's the S and K games. It's available on the Genesis. You can get it on the place that was on PlayStation Three on their little PlayStation. Uh, their little arcade archive store that they had for like a dollar. And I mean, it meant street smarts was just so fun. And it was crazy that just big lots had that still. And this was a little bit after it had come out. So it was kind of late, but I love that game so much. And like, it's not, it's no street fighter too. Yeah. uh, I don't know. It had co-op man. it had co-op that meant a lot back then. Yeah. And I mean like, and closing out the segment before we get into games we've been playing recently, I, you know, I, I do want to say what I love about the arcade and how it's kind of transitioned now to uh, pop culture. Uh, you know, we have arc. I mean, a lot of people talk about how arcades are like dead. They're not dead. Now we have barcades, and it's pretty awesome because now we have, you know, us that grew up and during that era. Now we can go and drink beer and play all these games. Uh, one arcade place I definitely recommend that I went to a couple of years ago in Raleigh. Was a boxcar. Boxcar was amazing. It was like a two-story barcade. Had just about everything you wanted to play. Uh, they even had consoles. Like they had Mario sixty-four, not Mario sixty-four, Mario Kart sixty-four. They had that on the projecting screen, and you know, and and they had like one area that was just nothing but pinball. Like you played everything. They had Doctor Who and all that stuff. And, and you know, I think about that. I see the arcade one-ups, and and most importantly, I see the progression of online gaming. You know, when you when people talk about online gaming, they think of, you know, a Fortnite or Call of Duty, you know, stuff like that. But I also think of games like that have, you know, online co-op 
or arcade games that are like fighting games. I think of that too because that kind of is what the arcade is now because as some of us may not have arcade games or we may not even be around each other anymore, if we want to play Street Fighter 2 together, we can relive that through online gaming and we don't have to rely on be like, hey man, one weekend let's meet up at Kmart and play some Street Fighter 2. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. I would throw out too. Also, being in North Carolina, uh, up near the Raleigh area, that might be in Cary, somewhere under uh, Lost Ark, uh, which you're in. You're into retro games. Uh, mm-hmm. They definitely they have a store, and they also have an arcade, and you can get like a pass for the day. They're always changing out the different arcade games that they have, and like I said, they got a good selection of you know retro stuff. Whether it's you know even if you want Famicom, they have imports and everything too. So like I said, Lost Ark Video Games, great store in North Carolina that's got like I said everything you want: retro stuff, new stuff, and arcade. That's awesome. Now, uh, getting into games we've been playing recently. Uh, I know, James, earlier you said uh, you haven't really been playing too much. What what have you been playing? Have you had a chance to play anything lately? I actually did. uh, Right before the show, I checked out Demon's Tilt. I had heard that was on Game Pass on Xbox. If you got that, it's definitely on there. And, uh, man, if you love, you know, Demon's Crush or Devil's Crush, Alien Crush, TurboGrafx-16 pinball games... If you love those, like this game is definitely a, a predecessor, you know, to that. Uh, yeah, you know, you can see what their inspiration was, uh, and it's a really fun game. Uh, it's one like I, said, I think it's fifteen bucks. Uh, I got it on Game Pass, and it's one I believe is on Switch. I don't want to say for absolute sure, uh, you know, but if it is, it's one I too would look at maybe you know getting on that because I know you know the Game Pass isn't completely permanent. You know, those do run out. Yeah. Uh, you know, at some point they might take them off, but it's one I wouldn't mind having. I mean, there was like just so much going on. Uh, Pinball of the Dead on GBA. I was a big fan of that too. So if you love those and the Turbo Graphics games, just Pinball. Man, there's like so many flippers. Like I think this table I was playing, I had one, two, three, four, five, six. Eight. And I had like seven flippers. Oh, wow. Like, that's insane. Like it was hard to keep up. And there was just so much. And there was some statues started crying blood uh, you know it's just it's like an occult pinball game you know and it's like they uh, fly that flag proud there's all kinds of crazy stuff and pentagrams and you know there's dragons you're killing stuff things are bleeding uh just a very awesome game and uh i also did two play yeah i think it's one that you might be talking about uh also it was the uh the 1980 Ah, uh, yeah. Something game. Uh, yeah, I will probably leave that more to you, but uh, the the last two that I, I really did play, I'd say more for the pinball. Like I said, man, I just... Uh, I love pinball. Like yeah. The, the older style ones, like the Turbo Graphics is great, and any of the uh, pinball effects, Stern Pinball Collections, if you do like pinball, you know, going back to arcades, that was another big part we didn't really touch on, but, man, pinball games are just awesome. And they've really come a long way, I think, on consoles. So if mm-hmm. you like the older style, this uh, Demon's Tilt is great. And if you want a little bit newer one, check out any of the you know, Stern collections, the Marvel collections, pinball effects. So many tables. It's insane. Like I said, the 1980 
game I did start to play, and a little bit of play I did like, but um, it, you might have played it more. I think you have a video on it too, but I'll go ahead and pass it on back to you. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I got 1980X. I got that um, yesterday. Yeah, I got it yesterday. I started playing it today. Now, here's the thing. like they, Everyone I talked to had played it recently on Steam because it's now on Switch. They're like, it's awesome, but it's really short. And I'm like, well, how long is it? They're like, I beat it in about an hour. And I'm like, that sounds perfect to me. You know, to be honest, I'm like, I could beat this in an hour. It seems realistic. And it was only 10 bucks. And it's a really cool game. It's like half visual novel, half arcade mini games. Because, uh, you know, you're playing as this kid, and he's kind of, it's in the 80s, and he discovers the arcade. He's like a out outcast he doesn't really know where he belongs he's in high school he's just trying to figure out his life but when he's in the arcades he feels like he's one with the universe like with everyone because he's like these are all rejects just like me and and all sorts of people hang out here so it's funny because he'll have a daydream in school or he'll think about something and it will turn into an arcade game like the game starts off and you're playing to beat him up then some things happen, and then boom, you're playing a space shooter. Then, uh, you know, he saw this like really cute girl uh, drive away, and he like started daydreaming that he was in the Camaro, and it turned into a like you know an old school racing game. So it, it's really cool. I hear it's very short. Like I was mentioning earlier, that doesn't really bother me. And uh, also worth noting, it's got music from Yuzo Koshiro, so that's automatically you know. You know, Streets of Rage fame, you know, Yuzo Koshiro, Revenge Shinobi, I'm here for it. Uh, but it's it's good. I am probably about halfway done with it. I played probably about 30, 25 minutes of it earlier today. Uh, other than that, I've been playing uh, Control. And big shout out to Jason, uh, Black Metal Gamer. He actually sent me his copy of Control because he was like, he, he loved the game so much. But, you know, he he's one of those folks just like me, like... Sometimes I beat a game and I don't want to hold on to it. I'll end up like selling it or trading it. And he wasn't going to get that much value for it. So he was just like, you know what? Give me your address. I'll send the game to you. Because I want, he's like, I want more people to play it. And it's cool. It's like, it, it's kind of got some elements of like Eternal Darkness meets Alan Wake. Meets like, you know, conspiracy theories with Illuminati and FBI and demons. It's just, it's really like a wacky story. And the the battle system, you know, because she has telekinesis, so you can make your own cover because it's, it's, you mostly shoot in this game. So you're sitting there shooting all these like uh, possessed uh, soldiers, like SWAT guys. You're sitting there shooting them, and they're like shooting at you. You can like grab a piece of like a car and bring it to you to, for shelter, or you can throw the car at them. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's also not that long of a game. Uh, from what I've seen, it's about 10 to 15 hours, and I'm about halfway done with that. But I do recommend it. It came out back in August, and I feel like it's a, a, a game that it's going to be very, very underrated that people will talk about years from now being like, oh, man, that game Control. Do you ever play that? So that's been pretty much the way I've been with gaming. I haven't really been playing too much, but uh, when I do play, I've been playing that. Oh, oh also... I can't remember if I mentioned it in the last episode, but I did beat Judgment. Did I mention that? No, I don't think so. I don't think oh yeah, beat I beat Judgment, and it was it was really good. I will say this though, uh, with Judgment, the the finale chapter because you know like 
all the Yakuza games, like when you get to the end chapter, then they had the finale. The finale is like, you know, if you have nothing else, if you don't want to do anything else, proceed. Otherwise, you know, there's no turning back. And most of the time when that happens, like in the Yakuza games, you're just like, okay, I'm probably going to have like this long battle with a bunch of guys going up stairs in the building and then I'll battle the last boss and I'll be done. Man, there was so much more with Judgment. Like, you have a, not to spoil anything, but you have a case you have to do, then you have, like, fights, then you finally fight the last guy. The finale was about three hours, which was insane. So, put you to the test at the end right there, didn't it? It was so good, though. I I, I cannot recommend that game enough. Like, that was really good. Like, thank you again, James, for sending me that game because I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" I was, I put about forty hours into it. Oh yeah, that's definitely a good, good chunk of time. It's one I still need to go back and, you know, like I said, I got a couple loose ends hanging on some of the games. You know, I still didn't finish Yakuza Six, I didn't finish Judgment. You know, I, I still kind of got those in the background that I'm sure I will go back to. You know, at some point, I'll, I'll see the end. Before the new one, especially before the new one comes out. Oh yeah, that that was another reason why, like I said, you know, Yakuza Seven. Don't look anything up. Don't be spoiled because I know you didn't finish six, and yeah, I don't want you to be spoiled of anything. <laughs> Just trying to ruin everything. I know. But anyway, guys, this uh, concludes another episode of XS Gaming Podcast. And again, if you guys in, if you guys enjoyed this episode, you can listen to our archived episodes on youtubecom scullion and also, uh, you can check us out on most podcatchers, including Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, iTunes. And be sure if you listen to us on those platforms, give us a review because it really does help other folks find the show. It helps our show grow. Uh, the more reviews we get, the more it's going to show up in suggested feeds. And if you know someone who loves gaming podcasts, and if you like our show, definitely share the love. And always, thank you guys for all the support. And as always, guys, happy gaming. Have a pleasant evening, everybody.